Welcome, everybody, to the Extra Credit Show. I am your host, Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And today we're going to be talking about just how people with bad credit pay more for everything. Yeah. Uh, having bad credit definitely affects your wallet, your pocketbook, if you will. And it's almost in it's in very tangible ways, but it happens in an intangible way, uh, the way that I've seen it happen. And obviously, we've been in the consumer credit repair space for 12 years now. So we've seen a lot of things. In fact, very little thing surprises nowadays. And the whole thing with credit scoring and people with bad credit or people with a poor credit score, I think it's pretty common knowledge that people with a better credit score have more favorable terms when financing things, right? Oh, of I course. mean, the big ticket items that come to mind right away are home loans and auto loans, um, right? It, it's like a like a simple concept that the general public tends to grasp, and that's a higher credit score, a less risk to the bank, so a lower interest to the consumer, and invertedly, it's a lower score, higher risk, higher interest. Like that's, that's like the way that the system is designed right now, the consumer finance system in the United States of America. It only makes common sense. I mean, you know, if you trust someone, you're going to be more willing to do things for them than if you don't trust someone. Um, take example, you know, if I had a friend, you know, who's always been up front with me, and he asked me to borrow money. Sure, here you go. But if I have a friend who you know, still owes a, you money, still owes me money and then comes ask me for more. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that one, you know. So and, and you know, that's kind of like the synopsis of the credit scoring system or, or mm -hmm. the, the way that people approve loans, deny loans. And then not just that, but the terms that you get the loans and the repayment terms that you get the loan at. Mm -hmm. um, so that that concept for the last 12 years, we've really seen it at work against people and then also for people. And the tragedy that happens is when you kind of get stuck in this bad credit repair rut and it just you just can't get out of it. And that's what we mean by consumers with bad credit pay more for everything. I mean, literally everything. Yeah, it seems like they get stuck in a catch 22 where it's just a cycle that loops over and over and over because of their bad credit. And that's something that we're going to discuss in detail throughout this show. And so in, in going into detail, to kind of quantify exactly how much it costs you to have bad credit and how you get stuck in this rut, we're gonna make up a fictional character, we're gonna call him Joe. <laughs> and Joe, we're gonna have bad credit Joe, and then we're gonna have a juxtaposition with good credit Joe. But bad credit Joe, right, yes. is a good example of how consumers can overpay for things. And more commonly, bad credit Joe is overpaying for his car loans. Absolutely. Really overpaying for the car in yes. general, right? So. If you got Joe and, you know, the common scenario is Joe needs a car to get to work because Joe has a family and he needs has to, to get to work and he needs to provide. But he needs reliable transportation to get to work. But his credit score is probably not that good. He's made some mistakes and his credit score is pretty low. In, 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 the, in the finance space today, it's you'll get approved for a car loan. It's just a matter of what you're going to pay for it. Correct. Right. You can have really terrible credit. You can have repos on your car loan. You'll find a dealer that will approve you for the loan and you'll just pay up the yin yang for it in interest. So in this scenario that we did, this little study that we did on, Joe buys a $20,000 car, which nowadays is pretty inexpensive, know, inexpensive for a car, uh, a reliable car that's safe for Joe and his family to you know ride around in. If you get a $20,000 car, and you pay 20% interest on the car loan, which is what you'll get if you have a poor credit score. That's, I've even seen higher interest. Oh, I, I have as well. I I had a client that came in last week who told me they were paying 
on their car. Jesus. Outrageous. That's insane. But Joe is not that bad. So he pays 20% on his car loan. So if he gets a $20,000 car without doing the math to complicate things on uh, taxes and registration, right? We're just doing a flat 20 grand, paying 20% interest on the car. A standard five-year repayment term would make his payment $530. $530? $530 on, on a $20,000 car. That, that's pretty high. So Joe says, you know what? That's too high. I'm going to put on my negotiator hat and I'm going to tell the salesman I can't afford $500 a month, $530 a month. He's so going to stretch it, right? So the salesman goes, all right, so we'll go six years yeah. instead of five years and your loan drops to 480 So Joe's like, sounds like a deal. Shakes hand, buys his new <laughs> car, right? Big so now mistake. Joe has his $20,000 car. If he goes on a five-year uh, or a six-year loan, that $20,000 car ends up costing him $35,000 because of the $15,000 $15, in interest that he's going to pay over the six years. 75% of what the vehicle's worth is what you're going to pay in interest. That is insane to pay $35,000 for a $20,000 car. And that's where the trap happens. Right there at that precise moment is where the trap happens. But then most of the time it gets even worse for Joe. Yes. Because Joe begins to make his payments and he kind of goes through life, right? As we all go through life, you just, you know, day by day. And Joe, halfway through the car loan, you know, maybe on his third year, his car, because all used cars or all cars, they're, you know, they're, they're machines. They're going to break down. So they're going to break down. Mm -hmm. And so his car starts giving him problems. And mm -hmm. Joe says, you know what? This car's not reliable anymore. Um, I'm just going to trade it in before it gets worse. Okay, fine. So Joe goes down to the car dealership and decides to trade his car in for another car. Well, guess what? Because yeah. he was paying such high interest. He doesn't have equity in the he, vehicle. The car's worth less than what he owes. He's which upside is down. Extremely common, right? Mm -hmm. So now the he owes, at that point, we also did the analysis that if you pay into a car loan for three years at a 20% rate, at the three year mark, you will owe $13,000 still on the car. So you're not actually halfway through because the bulk of the, the interest that you pay back is normally paid up front. That's correct. When a, a loan is stretched out like that. And the car exactly. probably is only worth 8000 at exactly. that time. Right? So he's negative $5,000 in equity. So what happens? What well, happens in that situation? So what happens is you go to the dealer um, and the car is only worth 8000 but the dealer won't give you 8000 the, the dealer has to make a profit on it as well. So he's only going to give you five to six, which means that if you owe 13000 and you trade it in, instead of getting what the vehicle's worth is eight, you're only going to get five to six, which means that you have another 8000 or seven to 8000 that's going to be tacked on to your new vehicle. So you're actually going to end up mowing, owing more than what the vehicle's worth right off the get-go which means that you're paying more money again and you're stuck in the same cycle because you're you're, you're overpaying for the new car exactly at the sales that's and that's that negative equity that gets tacked onto the new loan um could possibly negate maybe the better interest rate that he got so maybe this if joe true. went from getting a 20 percent his credit got a little better so maybe now he got i don't know let's see let's even be generous let's see now he got a 10 percent because his mm -hmm. credit score went up well that whole interest rate um, it doesn't just, matter. It's negated because he just refinanced five, six, seven, eight grand into the loan. And now if he gets another $20,000 car, which is of, really 27 now, it's now 27. And then if the interest on top of that makes it even more. And that's, that's the trap, right? That right there is the trap. You buy a car, you trade it in, you refinance negative equity, and you just kind of get stuck with a higher car payment. 
you know, more more in the hole, if you will, for negative equity. And it's just terrible. And if this car that he obtained is also a used car loan, the cycle continues and repeats. Continue. And then so poor Joe, he's already had a really rough time. And then what what happens when you kind of get stuck in the situation where the consumer tends to feel that he's paying this high payment, the car may not be worth it anymore they let it go they do you know an, an uninformed consumer will let it go meaning that they'll just give the car back to the bank the car will get repossessed or maybe they don't do it on purpose they just legitimately can't keep up with the payment because it's so darn high that it gets repossessed and now you have because you refinance a negative equity into the car loan you have a huge what we call deficiency balance right can you explain what the deficiency balance is so deficiency balance is when a car gets repossessed or when you give up a vehicle to the lender you know, the, the lender has to um, take the vehicle, clean it up, take it to auction, sell it, and try to collect as much money as they can to, to pay off your loan. Unfortunately, when it's sold in auction, the vehicle gets pennies on the dollar. That's that's what it sells for. So let's just say uh, hard numbers. If, you know, if you owe $13,000 on this vehicle, the dealer's more than likely only get going to get about three to 4000 in this auction which means that out of the 13 that you owe, they take back four, you still owe nine. Those $9,000, whether you gave the vehicle up, are still gonna be owed and you're gonna be liable for it. So now you owe $9,000 and you don't have a car. Exactly. That's And that's the, the how it gets even worse for bad credit Joe. Because now his credit gets another ding, drops more, tries to obtain another vehicle at a higher interest rate even still, and the cycle continues. He, he just, he never gets out of this rut, as you say. Now, if Joe had good credit, this would look totally different, right? Completely. Bad credit Joe is stuck paying $15,000 in interest on a $530 monthly payment or $470 monthly payment if you go six years. But if, 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 good, if Joe had good credit and we called him good credit Joe, well, good credit is powerful because Joe would finance that same $20,000 car with a great credit score, even a good credit score, he'd get 3% interest rate. And if he would go five years at 3% on 20,000, same scenario, his payments would only be $360. Nearly $200 less. And do you have any idea how much less in interest he would be paying? Oh, uh, about a tenth of what this uh, of what bad credit Joe was paying. Literally, Literally a tenth because the cost of the car would end up being from 20000 it would be 21500 So it would only be $1,500 in interest over five years compared to $15,000. You literally just take away a zero. That's that's the power of good credit. That, that Good for good credit, Joe. Crappy for bad credit, Joe. Did we do an analysis of how much uh, good credit Joe would owe after three years if he made his payment on time? Well... Um, actually, I didn't. I did not do that analysis okay. as to what exactly he would owe, but he would have paid it down significantly more because he's paying less interest. Of course. See, Joe at the beginning, Bad Credit Joe is paying most of the 15000 in interest. He's paying it up front during the first 36 months. Mm -hmm. Well, so Good Credit Joe is also paying most of his interest up front during the first 36 months, but Good Credit Joe is only paying 1500 in interest. Bad so, credit Joe's paying fifteen thousand. So just off the top of my head, I mean, if you're paying three eighty three a month in one year, you're paying about forty five hundred dollars. In three years, you're paying uh, thirteen five. So even if in, even if you were to pay interest up front at thirteen five, that means that 
in three years, he'd be paying, he'd owe about $8,000. Which would probably put him in a position where he doesn't have any negative equity. So if Good Credit Joe would go along the same path as Bad Credit Joe comparing apples to apples, if he goes in on the third year to re, to um, trade the car in, he'd he wouldn't have any fine. negative equity. He might even have a equity and actually get a credit towards his new car loan that Correct. he decides to buy. Um, but see, Good Credit Joe has options. Good Credit Joe can trade the car in and not have any negative equity. I mean, heck, he can even lease a car. Like, we can get into real details. We're not going to go into leasing a car right now. But, I mean, Good Credit Joe just simply, the point of the story is, paid 1500 in interest and Bad Credit Joe paid 15000 He could even, if, if he really wanted to, shorten the terms to pay even less interest. But let's, so let's just say he actually extended the terms and said, you know what, I want to go six years instead of five years. So Good Credit Joe, 3% at six years, he would have ended up paying instead of $360 a month for five years, he would pay $304 a month for six years. And the interest would go from $1,500 to $1,800. Not even that much. Like that is an absolute, I mean, literally you take away zero and that's the power of the credit, $15,000 to $1,500. That's absolutely powerful. And when we see, when we say that, Consumers with bad credit pay more for everything. They do. This is a shining example of it. Just absolutely insane. And most consumers, I don't think, I don't think they realize just how crappy of a deal they get when they have bad credit. I think they never really wrap their mind around just how crappy it can be, you know, and, and how they just get trapped, like we just explained, good credit Joe versus bad credit Joe, and just the numbers, the the numbers, the way that they actually end up being are just astonishing. When I was doing the numbers, I, I I knew that it was gonna be like much better for Good Credit Joe. I just didn't realize, I couldn't quantify how much better. Well, it's insane. Here it is. We're quantifying based on the $20,000 loan. And this is a $20,000 loan for a car. You know, most, most consumers don't purchase $20,000 cars. Uh, they purchase higher priced vehicles. And so those numbers end up extrapolating into something huge. Um, and this is just on a car loan, you know, and this is just what they pay for the credit. Having bad credit actually makes you fall into other traps because since you're paying so much on, on vehicles that you can't afford to pay for other expenses, such as when the car breaks down, you know, you can't afford other things either because you're throwing so much money into your loan. What, what does a consumer tend to do when they're cash strapped because they're paying so much money on their consumer loans? Um, what do they tend doing to do? You know, so like if you find yourself in this cash strap situation, unfortunately, consumers are turning to these like payday loans to make ends meet. You know, like um, the, the they say the the money runs out before the month ends. Right. And so now they got to somehow stretch their dollars to make the month end. So now they're going to go maybe seek some type of um, just borrow money. And, and and now it's so much easier to just go online and get a payday loan or go to one of these check cashing places and get what they call a short-term loan. And that's, I mean, you thought the car loan deal was bad. This this stuff is bad. West Coast Cash, Cash, uh, cash Advance, uh what is it called? Um, Just any cash advance place, really. I mean, there's a gazillion of them. Cash Advance America, advance America, America Advance, a, a gazillion of them. Um, 1-800 so, Loan Mart. Yeah, all <laughs> that. And, and and so cash call, I mean, it, it gets really bad. And so really to, get, to kind of paint a little bit of picture, since 
bad credit Joe is always paying negative for things or paying more for things. And he's constantly running short on cash. That's the picture we're trying to paint. So if he goes to, and tries to make ends meet, he goes to a cash advance place and gets um, a loan. You know, the, the it's actually, in, in doing our research for this, um, it's regulated by the state of California that these cash advance loans cannot exceed $300. So... Yeah. So that's just in California, but different states have different parameters and it's actually banned in like three different states. But in California, it can exceed $300. And so if you need to make ends meet, you go get this cash advance and you pay normally about 20 bucks for every $100 that you borrow. Um, so you borrow 100, you pay back 120. Um, so I did this little analysis on this one. I went to a payday website and the terms that were disclosed were a $250 loan it had a fee of $44 and you had to pay that back within two weeks. And the trap, the trap when you do something like that is if the two weeks get here, you got to pay back 244, but you can't afford it. They'll let you reborrow the 250 by just paying a $44 interest payment. So it technically floats you another, the, the 250 for another two weeks. So you pay $88 in fees in one month just to borrow $250. Right. That's and, astronomical. And so when you do the math, because interest rates are calculated annually, if you do that for the year, if you thought 20% was bad, when you crunch the numbers, that ends up being, that this scenario ends up being 460% interest 460%. rate. 460%. 460%. And you know what's worse? When I've seen it, you don't, the consumer doesn't have one payday loan. They're, they're in this rut. So they owe this company money, so they're gonna go to this other payday loan company and borrow money from them. So now they have two payday loans, three payday loans, four payday loans, and now you realize that, like, holy moly, this person is in trouble financially because they owe everybody money and they're stuck repaying it at 460% interest rate. I don't understand how that's even legal. I mean, that is the epitome of predatory lending. You know, 400% on a short-term loan is just, outrageous you might be better off going to borrow money from the italians or something <laughs> that, i mean it really when you think about it like that 460 percent is it's insane and it's it's like so if you need money now because you need to put food on the table right now you know that's the trap and that's the consumer that it's exploiting and i think that that's the big the, you know the big problem when we're talking about consumers with bad credit pay more for everything you know that's it's just it's it hurts, you know, it really does. And and it's not just like so you're thinking, well, you know, I would never go to a payday loan, you know, I wouldn't do something like that. But it, it's limiting in a lot of different ways. You know, for example, um, I think the more common scenario besides a car is renting or just finding a place to live. Right. If you are attempting to obtain an apartment or a house or what you need to rent a place to live. OK, these uh, landlords or property management companies are going to check your credit because, you know, these these apartments and these more uh, houses, you know, they're valuable. And the last thing they want you to do is to damage these property or well, not just damage it, but they just want to make sure you can pay the rent. Well, or, that's that's correct. Right? That's, they want to get their rent paid. And if you don't pay rent, then now they got to they got to not a house that's not performing and. And so what happens is when they check your credit, if your credit's not up to par, more than likely, if you don't get outright denied, they're going to ask for higher deposits, you know. So if you're trying to find a place to live and you have to pay double or maybe triple deposit, you might not afford 
this new location. Or you might not have money to pay other bills just because you need to put a roof over your head, which puts you back in that cycle. I can't pay my other bills. My credit takes things elsewhere. My credit score drops. You know, it's, it's a just, cycle. It's, it's it a snowballs. C- it really does snowball. And, in, you know, in that same scenario, maybe you want to live in a certain area for your kids to go to a certain school. Ah. Right. But this but but you can't because you can't get approved for renting in this area because, you know, landlords are strict. Like no, there's no regulation as to if you have an X credit score or if you can explain away the negative items on your credit. There's no rules that force a, a landlord or a property manager to allow you to live there. It's it's their own internal like underwriting decisions. Right. So it's their own threshold for risk as to whether they decide that they want to rent you or they don't want to rent you. And some people are fortunate where maybe they know the landlord so they can kind of get in that way. But if you're not that fortunate and you you might just be stuck uh, having to live somewhere where you don't want to live. Well, of course, um, you know, it, you might not get approved for the nicer areas with a bad credit. I mean, you might end up eventually finding a place to live, but it's going to be somewhere what you don't like because nice nice neighborhoods have people with nice stuff and they just they're just not going to trust you it's more of a i think more of a um tighter standards like it is just more likely for this higher end area or you know for them to have tighter credit standards of course than a not so good area it's just like it's just what we see it's just the way that uh I, we've seen in property management situations um so we've talked about paying more for car loans, paying more for rents or rental deposits or flat out getting denied for certain rents. Um, One that we talked about the other day and it prompted us to look into it a little bit more was consumers paying more for car insurance, Mm. right? And we live in California and- We're fortunate. So I've never like actually, because I have car insurance, Mm. right? I've never actually seen what we call an adverse action notice or any type of credit score disclosure when buying car insurance. So I, I never I never really connected the dots that, hey, your credit score can influence your car insurance rate. Your car premiums. Mm-hmm. So we kind of looked into it a little car bit. Car insurance premiums. What, and what did we find? So there in the entire United States, there are only three states that... Ban cre- that practice. Ban that practice. California happens to be one of them. If I'm not mistaken, the other two are Massachusetts and Alaska. Hawaii. Hawaii. Massachusetts Hawaii. and Hawaii. Or Massachusetts and Hawaii. So if you don't live in one of those three states, chances are your poor credit is going to affect your car insurance premiums. Um, and again, it makes perfect sense. You know, there's a study done where people with poor scores are more likely to get into vehicle accidents. I'm not. I think it was actually specifically file a claim. File a claim. So, right. I don't, I don't, I don't but, and we got to differentiate because when we're talking about credit scores, what the credit score is a predictor of risk in filing a payment. That is late, correct. Or paying a payment late. But, but the insurance industry developed their own credit scoring model. That is correct. And it's not gauging the consumer's ability to pay debt. No. It's, it's gauging the likelihood that they'll file a claim. And I mean, we, we can go. And, and let's do it. Let's just talk a little bit about the credit scoring logic when it comes to auto loans or and, and repaying back loans and the credit scoring logic when it's looking at the likelihood that a consumer will file a claim on an insurance. That is correct. So, so you know, that 
when you borrow a car loan, the credit score is deciding whether you're going to pay the car loan back or not. Okay. And then that's one credit scoring model. If you if the credit scoring model can also be made to predict insurance risk, and that's what these auto insurance uh, companies have developed. And so this credit scoring model that's used in 47 out of the 50 states, it's simply predicting whether the consumer, the likelihood that the consumer will file a claim. A claim. And that's interesting because the correlation that was done in the study that I looked at, it, it simply was like, if you have bad credit, you're more likely to do insurance fraud. I mm-hmm. mean, really, that's what it boils down to. If you think you can do a job on this insurance company and you know get some money out of it, I mean, th- that's really what it boils down to. Um, so, you know, we don't do these studies, we just look at them. Exactly. We, you know, all we can do is uh, uh, give you the information that we see. Um, so we, we definitely must have looked at two different studies because I, I did read a study where they correlated. Uh, m- chances are they're going to get into an accident more. But in the end, it, uh, it all is the same. You know, more accidents means more claims um, and more claims means chances that someone's going to try to pull fraud on the insurance. That's interesting, you know, to, to see. I wonder what the logic was on a credit scoring formula developed for auto accidents because, I, you know what? I wonder if it looks at if that particular credit score formula also not just looks at a credit report, but maybe also looks at a driving record, Ooh. possibly. Who knows? That's that's an interesting concept there. But regardless, well, it's kind of foreign to us because we're in California and we haven't been subject to that. But if you live in 47 out of the 50 states, you know, anything other than California, Massachusetts and Hawaii, you it is a factor in your insurance, car insurance. So if you have poor credit, you will pay more for car insurance. And it goes along with what we're trying the point we're trying to drive home is people with bad credit pay more for everything. You know, and in California, where we live, you know, car insurance is a necessity. It's the law. So you have to pay for it, Uh, you know. When you have to pay for certain things, like you have to have a roof over your head, you have to have a, uh, a car to get to work and you, you know, you have to pay for insurance or, or else you're paying penalties. You know, it adds up and poor credit ends up costing you more. Yeah. yeah. In fact, you know, going back to Joe and bad credit, Joe specifically. So bad credit, Joe has his high interest rate car loan. He lives in an area he doesn't want to live at. Um, and when he moved in, he had to open up, obviously, utilities under his name. Mm-hmm. Bad credit can have adverse effects on his utilities, right? <laughs> I mean, he correct. literally can have a hard time turning the power on in his in his house or his apartment. Because when you go turn on the power and you request for services to be at your address, guess what? They're going to check your credit. They're going to check your credit if you want energy at your house and if you want internet at your house, right? They're going to check your credit. And if your credit is poor one of two things can happen. They will ask you for a double deposit or a deposit period mm-hmm. um, for for energy. And so now you're stuck paying a deposit when regular Joe can just get the power turned on, no money needed. Um, or you flat out get denied. If you want to get DirecTV, they check your credit, they don't like it, they you just won't get DirecTV. Um, and so it can be that kind of a consequence for Bad Credit Joe. So Bad Credit Joe is just having a really tough time in life right now. And, you know, you can extrapolate that and it goes it goes even further. We're not just talking about like household utilities. What about cell phones? Um, <laughs> Bad Credit Joe stuck with Boost Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, the same applies when you go and try to apply for a cell phone. You know, let's just call it 
Verizon, you know, they're going to ask you for a higher deposit or deposit period as compared to good credit, Joe, uh, which is money you don't have because you're already paying higher deposits on your energy, on your rent, uh, on the vehicle you need to get to work just to make money, you know, and then another deposit. Uh, I mean, you're just throwing money left and right just because you have bad credit. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's expensive. It's expensive to have bad credit. You know, so because bad credit, Joe, it has to turn over, you know, like we talked about, maybe he needs, he just maybe needs a short term loan to make ends meet. It, that doesn't discriminate based on good or bad credit. But no. I think the access to the money is where the difference is made. So good credit, Joe, if he needs to borrow 250, just like bad credit, Joe, in that example we gave earlier, he needed to borrow 250 to make ends meet. Good credit, Joe, can just get that because he's got good credit and probably not paying any interest on it at he, all. Well, he can go to his personal bank if he really wanted to, if if he's not going to simply pull that money from, let's say, a credit card. But, I mean, you know, good credit, Joe, if he's got a credit card and he needs to put 250 on the card to make ends meet for the end of the month, if he pays that back in the same time frame that bad credit, Joe, needed to pay that back, which is two weeks, or even if he pays it back within the month, it's zero interest. Yeah, zero. Zero that good credit job would pay back. So he would borrow 250 for free and not have to pay back that 44 bucks in, in, in fees. Um, and it gets even better, really, because um, he can, like, good credit Joe can do that, pay that back, but his access to the credit is so much easier. He doesn't have to go to this payday loan place. It's just his credit card that he has, and it's just one of the benefits of having good credit. That's right? correct. And, you know, I, I started to think of this concept because I recently had to go buy furniture. We bought some new furniture. And you know me. I like to like just steal things. Like if haggle, I go somewhere, haggle, haggle, haggle. I need to make sure that I'm pretty much stealing this from the place that I'm at. So I'm going to grind them down. And I started thinking like, boy, if I, if I had the need to finance this, you know, then I wouldn't. I don't think I'd have that much negotiating leverage. For example, Bad Credit Joe would go finance furniture. Right. Because he needs to furnish his home um, and they're going to have to run his credit and then his credit's going to be poor. And now they're going to have to get like work to get him finance. So you lose a lot of that leverage when you're going there because now they're doing you a favor because they're finding you a place to finance you. Right. But if you're going there and you're going to just say, hey, I want that and I'm just going to pay for it. You pro you have a much better chance at negotiating a better deal because you're just going in, paying and getting out. Like you're not going to take up their time and resources and having no. them try to obtain financing for you. And I'm not talking about just going in and paying cash for it, right? Because that's one thing that you can do and get a good deal for things. But because Good Credit Joe has access to credit, you know, he can just go in and his paying cash is just putting it on one of his cards. Exactly. Right. And so he puts twenty five hundred on a card. And if he doesn't pay that back within a month, he has to, he's subject to finance charges, right? Sure. So, so but Good Credit Joe has good credit, so he can just do what we've seen very commonly now on cards, where they'll give you like twelve months interest free, they'll give you eighteen months interest free. I get those offers all the time on my credit cards. Like here's some blank checks, just. So he's leveraging his good credit to get zero percent interest. Not just that, but to get a better deal on the furniture. Exactly. Right. So. I mean, the most that Good Credit Joe can expect to pay would be like a 4% transaction fee that, hmm. that these credit card companies are giving out. So they'll give you 0% for 12 months or 18 months. 4%, that's what, $100? And they'll $100? make you pay $100. $100. $100 on a $2,500 purchase. So now, you know, you paid less for the furniture, paid less for the financing, 
than you would have if you would have been able to, if you had to go through their financing because their financing is never really any good and like literally you'll pay more for the furniture if they have to uh, finance you for it so literally because you're able to pay off the furniture you can negotiate the price on the furniture save you a couple hundred dollars on the furniture place it on a zero percent interest rate credit card um, and let's just say you don't pay it off uh, in 12 months which is the terms of the zero percent interest rate it will cost you $100 to take that, that remaining balance, put it on another 0% interest credit card, and continue to finance it that way, simply because you have good credit. That is just amazing. $100 to finance 2500 right? For two years, essentially. Right. <laughs> so we that brings up um, the worst of them all. Remember that cash call contract we saw a couple of weeks back? Oh, don't remind me of that. The 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 five thousand dollar loan that ended up being what, like uh, twenty? This was actually grand? no. This was the twenty five hundred dollar loan on the cash call contract. Uh -huh. um, so we we uh, requested debt validation on a debt, and we got the debt validation back. And again, they gave us the contract, which is pretty standard in the debt validation process. Yes. Um, this cash call contract was ridiculous. So oh cash call, gosh. people with good credit won't get cash call, no. right? Cash call is a subprime lender. Yes. So it's they're perfect for bad credit, Joe. It was the truth in lending disclosure was a twenty five hundred dollar loan financed for forty six months, and the interest rate that was disclosed was a hundred and eighty four percent. When you look at the numbers, because the Truth in Lending Act makes them disclose the numbers, it was not hidden. It was no. not hidden in small plain, print. It was in plain sight. It was big table Boxes. that said $2,500 loan, 46 months, 184% interest rate. You will pay. $18,500 oh for to borrow $2,500. Wow. Good Credit Joe paid $100 for the $2,500 loan. Bad Credit Joe pays $18,000 for the $2,500 loan. I just about fell out of my chair and went, what in the what consumer in their right mind would sign this contract? Right. And that's when I got to thinking, they're preying on consumers that are not Desperate. in their right mind, right? Let's, good example, a consumer was desperate they need to borrow the money because they got a crazy family emergency. They need to pay for funerals. Um, you know, somebody died or someone is dying and they just need the money now. They don't care. They'll sign that contract because they need the money now. They may, they may they need to bury their loved one. Um, something crazy like that, something dire. And that's who these people are preying on because I got to thinking that only a consumer in that kind of situation would sign that contract to pay that back. And the question I remember you asking is, how the heck is that even legal? Exactly. How is it legal? We, you know, how is that kind of interest rate fully disclosed on a contract by a legitimate corporation legal in California? Um, it's legal, folks. Like, it is legit. We looked it up. They can do that. So, you know, it's all about being informed and understanding that you don't want to be one of those consumers with bad credit because you'll pay more for everything. Like... You just can't afford to have bad credit. You know, you got to become informed and you got to make these decisions. You got to take the steps necessary to get out of this rut, make the right decision, start to become informed. We can't like we can't we can counsel somebody about this stuff. But unless they take the resolve to do something about it, you'll be stuck in this rut forever. You'll be stuck being like bad credit Joe.
it's it's unfortunate and you know it, i feel bad for these consumers but as you just stated all we can do is teach you you know you 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 just have to you just have to want to do it you know take the the resolve is what you said the resolve take, take the resolve to just do it so you know it's all about having the resolve um to just stick through it and and do it because you know, I like to break things down and, and explain it to people and just kind of give them my perspective because of our experience. You know, yes. we've been doing this for 12 years. And, and if our experience can kind of cut through the BS and just, you know, deliver the information concisely for people and hopefully they can take it and do something with it. Because we've touched on a lot of things about just exactly where and when and how bad credit can cost you more. But there's so many more that we really didn't touch on. You know, we talked we talked talk, touched on the main ones. But I mean, we we didn't even talk about the ability to even earn money or that, buying a house. Exactly. Right. Um, leasing a car, uh, getting a job. Yeah, exactly. Right. If you if you have a bad credit score, OK, it may even affect your ability to obtain a job. Um, a few years back uh, in 2012 uh, is what I believe it was a, a prop. 22, Article 22. Um, it passed that states that um, employers can check your background, you check your credit report uh, to deny you employment in certain places like law enforcement, um, managerial positions, uh, positions where you have access to over $10,000 in, in cash. Um, you know, if you're, if you're able to sign contract on behalf of a business, just all kinds of positions that basically just, any good job any good job that's gonna you know it's gonna just deny you um and so if if you can't even get a job to earn the money to because of your bad credit it just furthers this cycle uh oh. can't make the money to make ends meet so everything costs me more so it just so you can't terrible. make ends meet because everything <laughs> costs you more it, it's a tough loop. tough loop um and it's just all revolves around the three credit the three-digit number known as the credit score, you know, and it's just knowledge is power. And that's what we're trying to provide to you guys is just breaking this stuff down so you can understand it and hopefully do something about it. And that's what the show is all about, is to helping you do something about it. Because while it can affect a lot of aspects of your life, you know, most of the major aspects of your life directly, it's got a lot of indirect effects too, because if you're paying more for things, now you're not investing your money, right? If you have a $550 car payment where, where you can get a $350 car payment and save $200 a month, like what's the opportunity cost that you're missing? Like what can you do with those extra $200 every month um, that you don't have, that you would have if you had a good credit? If we do the 550 car loan versus 350 car loan, right? What can you do if you invest $200 a month? Well, you know, in this example, and I think we were discussing this uh, earlier, you know, take, for example, in 2012, you know, the interest rates for mortgages, what, three and a half percent? They were rock bottom. Uh, prices of homes. Uh, I bought my home for $194,000. This was just a few years ago. If I had money to invest into this home, you know, I'd be able to get that home at a great price. Just a few years later. What, what is this? Five years later, that same home, I can't get it for less than a four. And that $184,000 loan is now $275,000. Because I didn't have the money to invest at that time, now if I were to buy the similar home, it cost me way more. So, so yes, investment opportunities do matter. If you don't have the money because you're paying 
overpaying for things because of your poor credit score, you lose out on a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you would have lost out on $100,000 in equity. You know, that's a, it. At a higher interest rate as well. And that's just even more thousands of dollars uh, at play there. But in this, in an, on a different kind of analysis, it, $200 means a lot. So $200 could be a 401k contribution, right? You can retire earlier. It could be a, a 529 plan, for, which is an education retirement fund or education fund to fund college for your children. And so you, you can miss out on that. Um, heck, even life insurance, ah, right? Yeah. You know, to protect your family. Um, the, the $200 can go a long way and the opportunity cost is just, you just can't measure it. So we had a lot of direct examples of how much it would affect you, a few indirect examples. But at, at the end of the day, you know, I think we've done a good job at driving the point home that having bad credit sucks. <laughs> That's understated. I mean, that, it just it is terrible. And you, you need to pay attention to understand just how terrible it is. Um, so know, the, the, the game, the, the game is the game, right? The credit scoring game it's out there it's it's used and you got to learn the game to play the game correctly and so to help you play this game correctly we're going to give you an extra credit task what's the extra credit task of the week so for this week check your credit reports and be honest with yourself look at your credit report and determine based on what you see if you would lend yourself money and if you would lend yourself money what interest rate would you give yourself? And if those numbers are not good, then it looks like we need to start doing something about your credit. Because putting yourself in the mind of, say, a bank, an institution, and trying to think how they think will give you a different perspective. Exactly. A lot of people are like anti-establishment, anti-banks, and for very good reason. Sure. For very good reason. But complaining like that is not going to do anything about it you know understanding their perspective and using and playing the game better than they are you'll win every time exactly i feel every time that i use my credit card and i get like when we're about to get a rewards check for costco i'm really excited about that <laughs> when i get that rewards check i feel like i won right i just beat them at their own game because they're sending me free money they're paying you just to do what you're going to normally do buy things so you know once you put yourself in their perspective you understand things better you're able to play the game better and you're able to win. And ultimately, if you have great credit, you're just able to win better at life. Exactly. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Please subscribe to our channel, rate our podcast, like our podcast, leave us a review. We really appreciate you guys joining us on this journey of the Extra Credit Show. Until next time, I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. See you guys later.